The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and happy Friday. Welcome to our podcast and our live stream devotional. And thank you for taking time to join us. Take time out of your day to join us as we finish up the week together in the Word of God. Thanks again for joining us on this Friday. We really hope this is a help and encouragement, whether you watch this live, which I know for most of you would be complicated with work schedules, but you catch this later in the day, whether on video or audio, and I greatly appreciate just the privilege to be part of your day and hopefully an encouragement to you. Uh, We started the beginning of this week, or Tuesday, we started studying through the book of 1 Peter. Uh, We got up to verse 7 yesterday, and we're going to look at the next two verses in the book of 1 Peter as we walk day by day through this book, hopefully encouragement. We started with some great doctrinal truths that help us give this foundation that will help us as we get into what much of what 1 Peter is talking about, trials and battles, and, and why it is we go through what we go, and how do we glorify God in it. So those foundational truths come in, and then we get into better understanding, which we talked a little bit about yesterday. So we talked about yesterday about the trying of our faith, but then he gives us a very unique perspective, beginning in verse number eight. Now, please remember in verse number eight, you got to go back to the end of verse seven to get an understanding of uh, what he's referring to when he says, whom having not seen, well, who is it that we haven't seen? In verse seven, he says that we might be found under the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That is the person, Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. And whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. And so what we look at here is he, he gives a description. He finishes this idea of the trials by fire, trials that would be like gold coming out. And we talked in detail what that looked like and the realities of it yesterday. And then two of the verses he references is this kind of this extra step of faith, true faith. True faith is in whom we've not, never actually seen we love. And whom though we see him not right now, yet believing Ye rejoice with joy and speak in full glory. So he talks initially, first of all, about this idea of whom we have not loved. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, uh, um, says, I think it's 11, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. True faith is literally, I, I literally believing it's something you can't see. I've heard the phrase used before that if you want, you just have to accept blind faith. Well, in reality, blind faith is redundant because faith is believing in something you've never seen. Because if you've seen it, it's not faith. It's, you can touch it. It's tangible. It's not true faith. And so when we look at something, we, we're believing in something we can't see. So this is really an description of faith. Many of the people are putting their faith in God and the future and all that they've been told about eternity, been told about salvation. They look forward to the day that they will stand in front of God in heaven, and they've not seen any of that. But yet, they live their life, they endure the trials knowing that one day they're going to see that. That's how we live. Many of them in those days might have heard Jesus preach, but what was coming they didn't have it seen. Today, we never saw Jesus, and we won't until we stand before him. And yet, millions, if not maybe billions of people over the thousands of years of the Christian church have given of their lives. Many of them literally sacrificed and martyred for the cause of Christ, 
And it's simply in a belief of something they've never seen. It is the epitome, it's the definition of faith, and it is one of the greatest aspects of faith. And whom having not seen, here's what he says about this faith. We haven't seen him, but we love him. In whom, though we don't see him at the moment, we believe, we rejoice with joy and speak, we full of glory. We have a passion and excitement and a love. In the midst of trials, in the midst of things going on, even though we don't see him, we have an absolute joy that is, un, is not, it's unmistakable, but it's really un, unexplainable. How do you explain that kind of love to a world that doesn't understand it, and yet our love and our passion is in something they can't see? Well, again, the epitome of faith. Um, I want to give you a couple thoughts. Uh, they're not original with me, so I want to read them to you and just kind of break through. Like, let, me, let me finish the next verse. I'm going to get ahead of myself. He did say, verse 9, because of that, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Now, we're not receiving the salvation. We haven't earned our way. Our trials don't give us a salvation. So really what he's saying is receiving the fulfillment of our faith, the ultimate salvation. One day we'll stand before God, which is the ultimate aspect of the salvation of our souls. We're receiving the end of it. This is the completion. Our faith gives us salvation, and it is completed when we stand before God. That's what he's saying there. So let's look at some practical things in verse 8 that we can look at. Three thoughts from these two verses uh, that I think are encouragement helpful to us as we look at the idea of living in faith in the midst of hard times that the world would see. So he says, you love Christ by seeking his glory, desiring to glorify him. So determine how you can bring him the most glory in any given circumstance. So in the circumstance you're in, and the good or bad, whatever it is, how can you glorify God in it? P people often say, well, it's easier to glorify God in the easy circumstances. I dare say sometimes it's harder to do that. You see, if you truly desire to honor God, in the hard times, you have to constantly think about, okay, I really want to act poorly. I'm really struggling. My mind, it didn't, my mind is battling. It doesn't always make sense. But I'm going to trust him. And so I have to make a point every day to honor God in these dark times, in the harder times. When the easier times, everything's great. And we have a tendency to not really focus on this. Whether it's good or bad, this first thought was if we love Christ and we want to honor him, how can we then honor, the best honor him in whatever circumstance we're in? How can we best let him, let people know that we love him, we trust him, and how can we give him the glory in the time? Sometimes it's just being grateful he's there, knowing the season will end, and knowing at the end, you know, that he's going to bring us out of this, and we will, it will not destroy us. So whatever it is, what is it, God, that we can do to best honor you in this circumstance? The second thing this author said I like, he goes, well, you believe Christ, or the other thing is you trust him, you trust Christ. So you trust him, you do it by obeying him. Trust Christ isn't a feeling, it's a decision. So I trust Christ. Remember, we talked about the idea it's not a feeling because feelings sometimes, feelings dictate the battles we're in. They dictate the fiery flames. They, they help us recognize that our circumstances are not easy, but I shouldn't be controlled by my feelings. My feelings acknowledge the circumstance I'm in. My faith directs me in those. So even though my feelings will make it very clear, this is uncomfortable, I don't like this, God, I don't always understand this, my faith drives me and directs me through these uncomfortable feelings. So it's a trust in Him, and I do that by obeying Him, even in times when it's not always easy. So in the circumstance you're in, choose to obey Him. That's how we trust. God has said, keep moving forward, I will, and I will trust Him, and trust is seen in obedience, and so choose to do that. The third thing he says is rejoicing, ultimately in the completion. So rejoice in Christ means thanking and praising Him. So we thank Him. We thank Him for His presence. We thank Him 
for the ultimate hope. What did he say earlier in the book? The living hope, the lively hope, the, the hope that is alive today and that we have for the future. These are the things that drive us. These are the things that give us the strength. Strength, whatever you're going through right now, you say, it doesn't make sense. Why would God let me through this? I don't know. There is really never an answer. We may not know till heaven. What we do know is that a loving God who loves you and cares for you has allowed that. So how can you in the circumstance strive to honor him in it? So that, that's number one. Number two, in loving him, you honor him in that, but trust him. Okay, God, I don't fully understand it, but I will obey you even though it doesn't make sense. And then I thank you for your presence and all of the confidence from the previous verses we've studied, how I can know that he's there because of the confidence that God has promised to hold me up. And he's the one that sustains me in the times that I can't do it myself. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Friday. Thanks for joining us all this week uh, as we have begun to jump into the book of 1 Peter. I hope you continue to join us as we move on for the next couple of weeks and study out the book of 1 Peter and see what we can learn from God. And I really hope it's a help and hope we can encourage you as we let God's word guide us in whatever it is that we face. Thanks again for joining us on this Friday. We look forward to seeing you again on Monday.